Wonderful. Great stuff. Well, I can see people are buzzing with, the, with what we've just shared, and we need to get onto the keys how to get free. And uh, I wish someone had helped me with it years ago. would have shortened the path a lot. It, it astonishes me when you think about the, the Bible, how it focuses on the Holy Spirit working in people's lives, the supernatural power of God, and that the focus of God's attention is the heart. It's surprising there's not more in the church on it, isn't it? There's a dearth, there's a vacuum here. And so you're here because you're hungry, because Tim and Kiralee are spirit people hungry for things of the spirit. And hunger draws to us the provision of God. There's something about hunger that will attract God's favor around our life. You want to maintain your hunger. So I want to talk then about how to heal the detached heart. How to heal the detached heart. So <clears throat> we just pick up a couple of thoughts again and then we get started on it. We saw that the heart is the core of who you are. It's your identity. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So if I want to address you, then if I can touch your heart, I'm touching the real you. If I give you information, I'm hitting your head, but that's not the real you. Because you'll process the information and interpret it through your heart. So the heart is core to transformation. As we think in our heart, so we are. God looks on the heart. We saw these verses, various verses that describe the heart. When God wants to change us, he puts his spirit in him, which gives us power and connects us. And he changes our hearts. Instead of being hard, it becomes soft. But it doesn't mean there isn't damage that needs to be dealt with. And so for many people, they've made, so technically, they've got a heart that's towards God. So therefore, they're oriented to follow the Lord and want to do what the Lord wants. But relationally, there's all these blockages and things. And the reason they're there is because of accumulation of unresolved pain, trauma, rejection, experiences that spirits manipulate, and they make decisions not to address it. So if we don't address pain in our heart, it does not go away. It is an attractive source for demons. When we are in a small town, we used to do our own meat, so we get to buy some sheep and kill them, and everyone would hang one up in the garage. For you get them hang for a bit before you, uh, before you cut them up for, and put them into the pieces you buy in the, the butcher. But um, we, I discovered this, that magically blowflies would know there was meat in the garage. They would magically know. I don't know how they knew. You'd never see one of them. And then suddenly, when you've got a bit of meat around, the blowflies would all turn up and they lay their eggs in it. And so you had to cover it with something. You had to put a covering over it. And uh, you could still see it, but you had this Muslim covering over it. And, uh, and, uh, and if you had a slightest hole, they'd find their way in. And I realized then that unless the raw meat is covered, the flies do find a way in and do lay their eggs, and you've got a major mess. And it's the same with our, if we could realize that where you're hurt, you are visible to the spirit world and it becomes an attractive source for demons who then begin to work to try and lay the seeds of rejection and bitterness and hatred and fear and things into your heart. And these things grow. And you may not see it all at once, but it grows. So God wants us to deal with the heart. And we saw that the heart hardens because of a range of experiences that can be in the womb, it can be during life, it can be because of traumas we have at any point in our life, our choices to harden or close up the heart instead of engaging it. And we find that we're trained to do that in our culture because parents and church or leaders don't engage the heart because their heart is not engaged. So they're just repeating what they did. So God wants a generation now that will minister to the heart. 
And we saw in Malachi 4, 5, and 6 how it says in the last days he will send the spirit of Elijah who will turn the hearts of fathers to the children and children to the fathers. In other words, restore apostolic ministry to the church as well as do healing in the, in the families. So it's not just got one level of it. It's actually the level of families, fathers actually taking up their responsibility, becoming healed and having a heart to invest in their children and relate to them and the children who are embittered turning back to their fathers. And uh, then the second level of that is, is the, the apostolic fathers will be restored and the house will then become a house where there are children who actually are part of a family instead of an organization. So let's just talk then about some keys then for the healing of the heart. <clears throat> so the healing of the heart requires two things. It requires the Holy Spirit's activity. There's no healing without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, it's his role to uncover the places where we're broken. It's his role to bring to memory things that we may have tried to forget or have actually pushed to the back of our mind. It's his role to, to explore the heart. And uh, it says, no man knows the things of man save the spirit of man in him. Spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. So we, we understand there from the Bible that your spirit, which is where God dwells, knows what's going on. If you'll just listen to your heart, listen and begin to engage, then you'll start to discover some of the things that are there. So in my journey, it's been progressive of having to deal and continually work on issues of the heart. It's not, sometimes it's one layer, I deal with it at this level, then sometimes God just does it another layer. But all, it always involves the Holy Spirit encounter, the Holy Spirit's activities. The second thing is, you must be a willing participant. You must be willing to allow access to become vulnerable. That's what intimacy is about. That's why the process of your heart healing, not only heals you, deepens intimacy. Now the parts you kept hidden now are starting to be connected to God and connected back together. So if I could say that it's a life journey that has encounters and seasons where God is working on things. And since it's his job to heal your heart, he will manage your life in a way that if you'll just be responsive and open to the Holy Spirit and engage your heart, he'll show you how to deal with the stuff. However, there are a few challenges in it. So let me just talk then firstly about the steps of breaking free. I'll just give them to you very simply. The first step to breaking free is to admit that my heart is resistant or hardened or detached, that I'm damaged somewhere. You start to look for the fruit. The fruit will always reveal the root. So if there's disconnectedness, so for me, uh, if I just share my personal, a little bit of personal story, then you can understand what I had to actually come to understand and then one by one process. I'll just share two or three things on it. And my mother got toxemia when I was in the womb, so that meant uh, death was imminent. And so they had to then uh, induce uh, the, the birth early. So I was prematurely born at the age, and about two pounds. It was very lightweight, and it was very, very early. It was life and death situation. Priest baptized me twice. They thought I was going to go. And so, but but it, what it meant was I was just put, instead of being bonded to a mother, my first bonding experience was not one of bonding. It was one of being put in a glass cabinet. And in those days, they never touched the child. They kind of, it was like they had different ways of doing stuff there. And they didn't understand that that is traumatic to a child. So my first entry into the world was with the fear of death. And then with all my mother's emotions, 
of my father coming back from the war traumatized. I only worked that one out recently. The Lord showed me in a meeting one day what had happened, how they got married, and then one year later he went to war, came back, and he'd had a breakdown, traumatized by shell shock after four and a half years. And this was a dramatic, the Lord just dropped into my heart to ask the question, when did I get, when did I get conceived? And I went back, oh my goodness, he'd just come back from the war. As soon as he came back from the war, pretty well after that I was conceived. So then he's traumatized. So mum then is in a situation of massive turmoil. So that was the background to my entry into the world. And then coming into the world, there was the season in the uh, incubator. And then at about the age of four or five, my mother uh, got, uh, it was four, she, she got pneumonia. And so again, they took her away from us. So the only place I could see was through a glass screen. So my early season in life, there was basically a huge um, attack by spirit of fear, spirit of death, fear of death, rejection, deep sense of rejection, anxiety, and uh, there was detachment, and I never attached properly. So my way of coping with the pain was to read books. And so I had no understanding of the heart, so my way is I couldn't handle the pain. I didn't know what I was, I just couldn't handle something. So I would detach and read books, go into a fantasy world and just live there. If it was today, I'd be on the games, video games or into VR and I'd be ruined. I'd never come back. I'd never come back from VR. I've tried it. I, know, I thought, I said, thank you, God, it was never around when I was in trouble. I'd have never come back out of it. I'd have just stayed there. Yeah, gamer. Yeah, that's right. So, but I was into books. But, but the thing is, there's the loneliness and the pain attracts demons. So I then lived with spirits around my life. And uh, I tried to find comfort in the, in the escaping. I had a conversation with my dad. He said, you were never there. I thought, he's right. I wasn't there. I was somewhere else. And then I realized that all my success at school was all about performing to try and gain his approval. So there was a deep emotional detachment a disconnection from my heart and a deep loneliness. And then coming into a relationship where I met Joy at university. Uh, my family was Catholic. Her family was brethren. And she was, I just fell in love with her and wanted to marry the first time I went out with her. It was like that. But the problem was all the pressure from the background. So we had a traumatic period where we were on and off in the relationship but in the same class and doing the same subjects together. It was just on our, so, so I became traumatized through all of that season. And then these are the things that are part of the background, see? And so there was a longing in my heart for a father all the way through, because he was disconnected. So these are the baggage that I brought into my journey to come into pastoring. And then when I came into pastoring, the pastor that I came under that became like a father he then committed adultery with the staff on the school I'd planted and then escaped and went and planted somewhere else. And then when I stood up to start to follow the Holy Ghost, he had a horrendous encounter with me. It was quite traumatic. So I was in, I understand what you were talking about because I was like exactly like that, literally numbed and in shock and crying uncontrollably for days. So it's like, so... So these are part of the journey of some of the wounds I've had today. That's, I haven't even talked about church stuff. <laughs> but I do remember saying, I told you you shouldn't give me this job. I'm rejected enough as it is. <laughs> but there came a point where I, I, I was sitting under a message, and, and it was Clark Taylor, and he said, if you knew that by overcoming one issue in your life, 
that everything would change for the future, would it not be worth paying the price to overcome it? And it just hit my heart like that. I thought, I need to deal with this. So I had to deal with the deep root of rejection. That was the major problem I was facing. And I'll tell you exactly how I did it. And I came to a breakthrough and an encounter with the Lord as a result of it. And then my journey has been progressively dealing with all those other things. There was no one quick meeting where I got a quick fix. In the journey, as I've engaged with God, he has raised the issues one at a time. Because he knows how much you can take. And he knows when you're ready to take it. So you don't have to do all the work. You just got to be open to the spirit and what he's on right now. And if he draws your attention to things, you start to respond. So I hungered then, obviously because I'm so broken. I did what a lot of people that train in psychology do. They usually want healing themselves, so you study about it. So I got to study about deliverance and so on. This is what I did. I thought, what is my problem? Where is this war? I've got deep rejection in my heart. Where did it come? My first awareness of it was around dad's disconnection. He was a good man and he did everything he could. But it was then when I started to pray into it, the Lord showed me it's like a person with a broken leg and you want them to run. They just cannot give you what you want. You have to let go of that expectation and resolve your heart. And so what I did then was very simply this. I began to identify what was the issue. For me, the issue was rejection and a deep grief and unforgiveness in the heart. So number one, identify what is the problem? You've got to identify the problem and where did it source? Where did it start? And the Holy Spirit will show you. If you'll ask him, where did this begin? In your time, and maybe not straight away, but over a period, a little bit of time, if you were open to him, he'll just drop it into your mind. You become aware of it. And I said, well, then what, what is it I need to do? And he said, well, you need to repent of these two things. Number one, you need to repent of harboring unforgiveness towards your father. You need to repent of that. And you need to repent of dishonoring him because of that and being distant. And I said, what else? He said, you need to actually forgive from the heart. You need to let go the pain, the anguish, the sorrow, the, the feeling that you're alone in this all. You need to let it all go to the cross. And I said, what else? He said, well, there are spirits attack you. And they are familiar to you. They're so familiar that they talk with you and minister to you all the time. And they are training you for your life. How about that? And this is in alignment with 1 Peter 5, where it says in verse 8 and 9, your adversary, the devil, walks about. That word is to follow you closely or to circle you like a predator looking for an opportunity. You have adversaries assigned to you that circle you, watching your life. He says he walks about like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. That word seeking is to devise a plan. So I began to become aware then that in the spirit realm, because of my woundedness, spirits encircled me and attached to me and then ministered to me. They kept talking to me. Of course, I thought they were my thoughts. So I thought the best way is, Lord, show me what they are. And he said, just observe what it is you tend to struggle with. And I began to think about it, and I realized, number one, rejection. A spirit of rejection was constantly attached to my life, telling me I'm not accepted, not good enough, whatever. Secondly, a spirit of self-rejection, because I started to agree with that, 
and felt there were things wrong with me and I wasn't good enough and I began to dislike myself. Self-rejection, rejecting yourself. Thirdly, uh, he said, you I, I become aware I was afraid of being rejected so I'd be compliant because of the fear. I was very sensitive to any form of rejection and so I'd go into a fear mode and then try to manage or whatever to try and, to con try and control the pain. Eh? Spirit fear. Spirit of fear leads you to control things. Third thing he showed me, I, I realized, was self-pity. I would feel sorry for myself. I, I just... <laughs> Poor me, nobody loves me. <laughs> oh, I had pity parties for years, and that was while I'm pastoring. <laughs> this is in the. This is after I'm a pastor. Come on, this is not before. This is after I'm a pastor, and I'm feeling God help me. This is terrible. How do I get out of this mess? And uh, so, so then I realised that I felt the Lord show me that when there's rejection operating in your life, unbelief, a spirit of unbelief will sit with you. Your heart becomes hardened by the rejection and bitterness, and unbelief sits on you. Not unbelief about everything. Oh, I believe God did miracles. I believe I pray that God would give me something for you. I believe that God did. But when it comes to me receiving, that's where the problem was. I struggled to have any kind of faith that God would touch me. And I realized I'm in agreement with the spirits. So I set out to do two things. Number one, to resolve the heart issue. Number two, to engage the spirits. If you don't deal with the heart issue, you'll never deal with the spirits because they'll attach those, come back again. So a lot of people come on an altar course, but if they don't deal with the stuff in their heart and own that this is my heart, my journey, I need to be transformed. So I did these things to transform my heart, and I did these to deal with the spirits. The first thing I did was started to journey or journal what were the things that I was hurt about and one by one forgive each of them. So I started to forgive from the heart, acknowledging the pain and grieving over it and releasing the pain to the Lord and releasing forgiveness to my Father. Now forgiveness needs to be from your heart and, I, and the Lord taught me that to give, to give from the heart you need to be moved from not just forgiving, you need to move into blessing. So every day for quite a season, I would stand up and start to pray in tongues and then forgive my dad and then bless him and pray for him. And I'd picture him and see him and put my arms around and hold him. I wanted my heart to shift because the heart was where the attacks were. So I did that daily for a while. In other words, I was getting my heart free of unforgiveness and bitterness. Then accompanied with that, I would begin to start to take dominion over the spirits. And I never, never have done that very long. And here's why. You don't have to fight for the victory. You have to hold the victory over it. So I just began to imagine one, two, three, four, five beings around me crowding me as close as this. And they all had a name on them. I just look at them and name them one after the other. I take dominion over you. I command you go from my life. Just forcefully like that. And then I turn my back on them. And just spent the rest of the time in praying in tongues and meditating. Because if you want your heart to shift, you've got to put new things into your heart. Meditating gets the Word of God into your heart. And I thought, if I've been rejected, I need to put the truth I'm accepted in. But your heart does not accept or receive easily abstract truth. It needs a picture and a feeling. When you, the, the deeper you experience something, the more it imprints into you. 
So you need to have an experience. So what I did then was I thought, where can I start? And there are a couple of places I've worked on. But one is the prodigal son meeting his father, and the other. But the one I took was uh, the, the Lord is my shepherd, 23rd Psalm. So in order to meditate, you must first memorize it. You memorize the scripture. And then every day, I just pray in tongues. And as I prayed in tongues, I begin to meditate that Jesus is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So I just say the verse because that keeps re- it keeps reinforcing it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then I personalize it. Lord God Almighty, who made the heavens and the earth, you're my friend. And I picture what having him as a friend would be like. Now, pictures help your inner man respond. So I use my imagination to picture this truth that Jesus is my friend. So what does a friend look like? We meet a friend, they smile. Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Their eyes communicate friendship, warmth. The countenance communicates friendship. The body language communicates friendship. When you encounter someone, before they say a word, you can tell whether you're being received or not. You read it in the eyes, in the mouth, the face. So I just began to imagine Jesus making me welcome. I began to meditate on it, meditate on it, meditate on it every day. So I did about an hour every day. I'm in the process of changing my heart changing my belief structure of the heart. And what happened? Well, initially, I felt weird. I really felt weird. And I thought, that's it. But I learned this. Try to just put that into a different lane. What does that mean? I thought, oh, my heart is resisting this truth. That's why I feel weird. It's resisting the truth. My, the, the lie of rejection is so deeply embedded, it's resisting the truth. It's fighting back. And so I realized there's a warfare going on for the word to be implanted and the lie to be rejected. So I just began to meditate and meditate and meditate. I only did that about three weeks. Because I remember I thought, well, if it's six months, it won't matter. So I didn't pray for anything else. I thought, God knows my knees. Sort all those stuff out. Fix up the church. I just need to fix me up. So I just focused on growing. And then one day, I got up and I just started praying in the spirit. Shop, up, up, shop, up, up. Now you need to rise in your spirit. I watched some of you praying. You, you, I tell you, you're not even getting off the ground. You haven't got a voice. Your voice isn't even being heard. The way God brings things to birth in the earth is through the voice. He created by his voice. A command. Jesus did miracles by a command. He gave us the spirit to stir so we could grow in our spirit and have a voice to command. But it's got to come from your spirit. And some of you are not doing that. I watch. That's going to do nothing. It may feel good, but it's not doing anything. You actually have to learn to arise in your spirit, strong in your spirit, and pray strong. Start to pray forcefully by habit until you start to find your voice and you feel your spirit arise and become strong on the inside. Just you got used to living shut down. You got used to it. So you think that's me. It isn't you. There's a lion in you. (laughs) Let that lie. So I just did this every day. Then one day I did, I stood up, began to pray in tongues. Father, I just thank you for my father. I forgive my father. I bless him. Lord, I just release your love around his life. I honor him and thank you for him. Now you demons, in Jesus' name, I take authority. And I stood and suddenly the atmosphere shifted. And I thought, oh my God, something shifted. It was so sudden I could feel it. All those demons that have been my friends. 
and false comforters, false teachers, suddenly went like that. They all just left me. There was no ground in the heart to hold on, and I'd asserted authority, and they'd gone. I thought, wow. And so I did what I did before. I just turned around, and I said, Lord, you're my, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Jesus, thank you. You're my friend. I have everything. I have accepted. And suddenly, I encountered him. I just began to weep. I couldn't stop crying. I cried and cried and cried and cried. My heart finally encountered and got the truth. Now, here's the thing about it. When you encounter the Lord and get the truth, it's an experience that remains with you forever. And every time you go back there, you start to encounter him again. You carry the revelation in your heart. See, you carry it in your heart. It's, it's been birthed in you by the Spirit of God. And then some funny things would happen to me. I remember the, the next Sunday, I went to church, and, uh, and as I did what pastors do, you know, just say hi, just come up to people and say, hi, how are you? Look at them and say, how are you? And they would cry. I thought, what? Oh, no, this is really awkward. I'm on my way into church. I've got a crying person here. No, I did the second person, the same thing. I thought, oh, no, that's two. What is, what's going on? I went and I got on the service, come back out. On the way back out, I did the same. So they cried. And I thought, what is going on here? It's awkward. I've got kids. I've got to get home and someone's crying. <laughs> and I realized, oh, I'm carrying a revelation that God loves people. And they're feeling the overflow. So the next time I had someone for counseling, I said to them, Oh, look, I said, I'd love to just pray for you. And uh, I'll pray. And I said, I did, let me just take your hand. I took the hand and, uh, and I just began to pray the 23rd Psalm. And I just started like this. Lord, you're my shepherd. I thank you, Lord, for your love and your kindness. And suddenly, boom, the paragraph hit the person. They're crying like crazy. I wasn't even praying for them. I was just praying my prayer. But I realized that when you access the realm of the Spirit, a gate opens up for you to permanently access the Lord in that area. But there was a journey to get there that involved my heart and contending. How about that? How about that? See, come on. Kiri, let's go down. Let me show you. Just come on over. Just stand over here. It's in over there. Someone get behind her just in case. You people don't always think that anything's going to happen. You don't have to do anything. You just close your eyes. Close your eyes. Make everyone vanish out of you. Just let them all vanish right now. See? So all I've got is just I've got a, a connection, that's all. So I'm not going to pray for her. The connection just means that whatever's in me will overflow to her, just like we're connected to one another. Okay? So if I just begin to just begin to pray in the spirit, and I begin to arise in my spirit. Now, I've trained myself through strong praying in tongues. I can arise in a moment. Before, it used to be more difficult, and sometimes you have to pray a while before you get the breakthrough, but now it's just, <clears throat> I'm into it, just like that. Straight up, it's like stand up inside. Yeah. And you'll hear me do it when I preach every now and then, suddenly I'll stand up like a lion roaring. But that's, you do that in your home time in prayer. Okay, don't just begin to meditate. So I say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, you can't just have it as empty words if you will picture it, what would that look like? Jesus, my friend, who loves me very deeply. I begin to just picture his eyes, his countenance, the warmth of his love. And, and as I begin to do it, you, you go into a different state where you're engaging. Yeah. See, a lot of people don't engage. Their mind is everywhere. They've never learned to engage God. Meditation is the process of engaging. 
So if I was to just quietly pray in the Spirit and just picture him, he's my friend. Jesus, I love you very deeply. Thank you, Lord, for your love, for your presence. Thank you, Lord. I begin to see him and feel him. And I just hope my spirit to him. The power of God is there. You see, it wasn't even a lot of effort, was it? It's the personal heart connection. You must develop your heart. And anything that gets in your heart that's in the way, determine, I'll come into the presence of the Lord and work on it. And to, so what did you feel? Oh. <laughs> um, I just felt like the love of God. Yeah. Like Jesus, his arms surrounding my heart. And, yeah. <laughs> she felt the love of God. I didn't. Yeah, see, see, it's what I received out of that encounter I carry. Because something opens in the spirit. You actually open a gate in the spirit. You become a carrier. Ask how are you? <laughs> you've already got us, you've already got touched. So you already feel it. All right. So so just coming back to the heart, some simple things you can do was to is to build a good prayer life with the Lord. In other words, get some music that stirs you. So you enter his presence with praise. Start with strong praise music that stirs you. And don't be passive. Your body needs to say the same as your inner man. If your inner man is saying praise the Lord, your voice is saying praise the Lord, what would that look like? It wouldn't look like... It doesn't look like that. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. Oh, stir yourself up. David spoke to himself. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. So I just found, move your body. Move your body. Pray in the spirit. And if you have the right music with you, music touches the, oh, the heart. That's why he gets some songs. You start to cry. I don't want crying. I say, well, I'm going to play that again. Because my heart hears it. My head hasn't caught up with why. But if I'll just do this, my heart will tell me what's going on. Your feelings... Reveal what's in your heart. Most people shut the feelings down so they don't know what's in their heart. But your feelings will just point to what's in your heart, and what's in your heart will come up if you let the feelings come up. All right. So pray. So just pray in the spirit. So pray strongly. Allow your spirit to rise up. And just pray. So I just put on enough tracks. I know I'm there for at least half an hour just doing that. And then when you start, you praise until you start to feel the spirit of worship come. When worship comes, it's, yeah. you don't want to make all that noise anymore. You want to just now be soft. So I have other songs, maybe one that's soft and simple and it stirs the heart. Simple is the key word here. You don't have to struggle to remember it or sing it. It won't be easy. And I play it over and over and over and start to encounter his presence. And then I may just sit and journal. Journaling is writing out what's in your heart. So maybe you write your story out. What happened and how you feel and how it's affected you and how you've tried to stop being hurt, how you've covered your heart. Put it all out in front of you so you see what it is you are now bringing to the cross to be freed. And if you bring that to the Lord, you'll find you weep as you do it. You can release it to him. Ask the Holy Spirit to remove the pain and just forgive the people. Release them. Bless them. And in that place of worship, God heals your heart. I've had encounter after encounter with the Lord like that.
And all of those issues I mentioned earlier on, one by one, one by one, I walked through them with him. And he took me to those places and I could see what it was like being in an incubator separated from everyone and feeling just the horrendous loneliness. Now you say, how could you see that? Well, I was there. The Lord brought it back. You say, well, you couldn't even big enough to know all this thing. No, no, the Lord brought it back. And I felt the grief of being alone. And then I saw him, and immediately the glass cover went, and there he was, and he was loving me. And I felt healed. He's a healing God. He's a heart God. He wants your heart. Will you give him your heart? Will you break out? And sometimes the patterns of control are so deep, it is quite a journey to stop doing it because we were raised in the family. In our family, oh, we don't talk about stuff. Well, that's something I had to break my agreement with and become a talker and listen to God. So I've given you a few keys. The, the other thing you need to do, and I'll just finish with this, and then we'll get to pray for people. But the other thing you need to do is to nurture your heart. So there's the steps. Basically, the steps are admitting the pain, ask the Holy Spirit to uncover the roots and bring the pain to the surface, repenting and uh, forgiving and releasing things, and then breaking your agreement with any spirits and bondages. But the, the, the cultivating the heart, I found, is some of the, these are things that help. Number one, I practice seasons of prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting softens your heart. It unlocks your heart like nothing else does. Um, practice gratitude. Gratitude helps your heart stay soft. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your good. Start to think on all the good things. Um, take steps to become vulnerable. In other words, start to welcome feelings and notice feelings. Practice awareness. Just slow down as you meditate. Just become aware of what you're feeling, what God is making you aware of. Learn to connect to what's happening inside you. And instead of trying to crush it, bring it out. If there's tears, let them come out. Just grieve before the Lord. If you've got old patterns of disconnecting, maybe you just get on the phone, or you're doing this, doing this. You've got all these ways and habits of disconnecting. Just repent of those things. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you build different patterns where you intentionally engage people instead of disengaging. Avoid things which are excessively violent or unclean or, or frightening because that hardens your heart. You've got to card your heart. Go to beautiful places. Do beautiful things. Your heart will start to expand in the, in the presence of the goodness of God. Going to nature, going to the beach, just walking on the beach, just that will help you. Being in a bush will help you. You get Andre Ryu and his orchestra, and it's all it's so beautiful, and you play it, and your heart starts to large. It's like you cultivate your heart with good things. Good so things, good. whatsoever things are good and true and lovely and just, good report, any virtue, any praise. Think on these things and the God of peace will keep your heart and mind. You actually have to steward your heart. And if you have trauma, if you have painful things in church, don't just grit your teeth and carry on. Make a space for you. Make a space for you. And if it's a big space, make a big space. You count. You are important. And go there and go through the process, engaging your heart, grieving, worshiping, and letting the things come to the surface so God can heal them. 
there are many things happen in the life of pastors and leaders. If you, it's going to overwhelm you and harden you if you don't practice the nurture of the heart and the cultivation of the heart. It's your job to do that. No one will do it for you. Will you do it? How many of you know that you neglected your heart for so long? Isn't it time you said, I'm going to own this? This is my garden that will produce fruit for eternity. I'm going to steward it now. I'm going to nurture my own heart. Cut off the thing. Some people are toxic. Cut them off. Some people are just wasting your time. Cut them off. Invest where it's going to grow and produce fruit. Invest into yourself. Don't feel bad that you took time and you just sat in the presence of God and enjoyed Him. My best time ever was after I had a heart operation. I couldn't do anything except just sit in the presence of the Lord. I couldn't even pray loud. just had to sit. I thought I'd get movies and watch them, but it didn't work. God beat me to it. He came on my first day that I sat down. I thought, watch the movie tonight. The morning when I sit down, he came and he overwhelmed me with his love. And I journaled every day. Journaling is one of the best ways to open your heart and engage the heart of God. Wow. Come on, why don't we just open up to the Lord? How many of you today, you need to open your heart to the Lord? Let him, let's just do it together, shall we? Let me just play something soft. And once you come to the front, just come. It's a, come to the front. I'll just guide you just what to do. Just come. Let's come and just lift our hands and our heart to the Lord right now. Come. Just come. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Other people did stuff. Things have happened to you. Had no power over that. But you've got power with your own heart, what you do with it. Right now, you can make a choice. So let's just pray in the Spirit quietly. Just worship the Lord quietly. Thank you, Lord. And the reason we're doing it quietly is because I already feel His presence here, so you don't have to make a lot of noise. The Holy Spirit, come. Come and touch hearts today. Lord, today, bring up to the surface what you want to heal. Bring up to the surface the wounds you want to heal. Bring to the surface the places where our heart is in pain. Is it something that happened right back in the womb? being unwanted, being unloved, being aware that I'm not being celebrated coming into this world. Someone doesn't want me. First, attachment. Things that may have happened when you're younger. Things that happened growing up, the first love relationship. Things that have happened in your journey with the Lord. Whatever it is that God's speaking, just you're not going to deal with everything. It's not one wave your hand and quick fix. It's obeying ownership for your heart and giving your heart to Him. Where were you hurt? Can you release the pain to Him? Exchange it at the cross for His peace. He took our griefs and sorrows despised and rejected, betrayed, brokenhearted. Can you let your pain go to Him now? Just let it come out and forgive the person who hurt you. I forgive them. They were broken too. Father, I forgive them. I want to be free. Holy Spirit, come now and touch people. Jesus, you take each sheep in your arms and you anoint them with oil.
anoint us with the oil of healing. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I come against the spirit of trauma, the spirit of rejection, the spirits of abandonment, of self-rejection, unbelief, of self-pity. I take authority over unclean spirits that have provided false comforts. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I come against the spirit of death that has numbed emotions. I break the agreement with those spirits today. I come against witchcraft, which is attacked and numbed and shut down the hearts of people. I command you to release your captives now. I command you to release each one here today. I come against traumas that took place in churches. People betrayed us, people abandoned us. People, leaders we looked up to that, that betrayed the confidence we put in them. Father, in Jesus' Name, we speak and release forgiveness to each one of these people. We release forgiveness. Father, come, pour out Your Spirit and heal our hearts. Heal our hearts today. Just stay there worshiping. Presence of God's gonna come. I'll just come and lay hands on you. The Lord gives me something specific, then well, something specific. Otherwise, let's just enjoy His presence. Worship team, thank you, Lord. Father, come, come, Lord, touch. Touch Kiralee today. I just release your love. I release your love to the places of loneliness. Every place of loneliness, loneliness in marriage, loneliness in church, loneliness among pastors, being misunderstood. I just release the love of God. I release His healing power. Touch your Lord right now. Touch. Touch right now in Jesus' name. Father, touch Him. Father, touch Father, right now, touch Him. Father, every place where there's been disconnection. I just speak right to the issue of fatherhood. I take authority over the spirit of abandonment. I break the spirit of abandonment, the fear of abandonment. I break it from your life today in Jesus' name. Father, where he's been abandoned, either by natural father or spiritual father, Father, I ask for your healing to come right now. Father, touch him in the depth of his presence. Touch, 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 touch. Spirit of God, come deep into his heart with healing.